Today's noisy digital first world is a challenging one for business owners. How do you get more people to know you, trust you and to respect your brand? How do you stay front of mind with your target audience as well as talked about in a positive way in the marketplace? The answer is public relations, but not as you know it. Get ready to unlock the potential of your business through the power of PR, content and digital communications. Get ready to become your own PR machine. Thank you for joining me here on the Become Your Own PR Machine podcast. This is episode 11. Uh, my name is Trevor Young, and we've got a little bit of a, an episode with a difference today. Uh, it's a longer one than we've had in the previous 10 episodes, and that's because the tables are turned and it's an interview, but I'm the one being interviewed. So I recently appeared on Tristan White's uh, Think Big, Act Small podcast, talking all about PR and content and digital communications, and I let it all all out. <laughs> it was a, a great conversation, and uh, I asked Tristan whether I could republish uh, said interview on my podcast, so he graciously said yes. So Tristan, check him out, his podcast as well, if you're into, you know, you're running a growing business and uh, leadership, uh, leadership of self, leadership of team, building a culture within your growing business, if that's important. I think you'll get a lot out of the Think Big Act Small podcast. Tristan is also the CEO and founder of a fast-growing and well-established allied health brand called The Physio Co. And he's written the book, Culture is Everything, and he also mentors and trains and coaches aspiring leaders, uh, people who are running businesses between five and 50 staff. So if that sounds like you and you're interested in in culture and and leadership, uh, check out Tristan's stuff. But otherwise, if you're here for the PR and digital comms and content marketing and social media, all the things that we talk about here on the show, I think you'll get a bit out of this interview. I've I really just lay it all out, um, Tristan, allow me to go deep. So it's quite a comprehensive riff, and I'm sure you'll get something out of it. Alrighty, let's get into it. Here's Tristan White interviewing my good self on all things PR, content, and digital communications. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome back to the Think Big Act Small podcast. This is episode 113 and I'm Tristan White, your host as usual. In this episode, we're exploring the power of content and communication with guest Trevor Young. Trevor's a content communications marketing and social media expert and in his own words, has been on the front lines of marketing and PR for at least the last two decades. Trevor and I have worked together for years in both of the businesses that I own and operate, Colt is Everything and The Physio Co. I cannot recommend Trevor and the work he does for service-based business owners like you and I enough. He is an expert and he makes it much more simple than many other people that I've worked with in this field in the past. Trevor believes that most of us service-based business owners are doing plenty of the right things in terms of marketing and communication. However, we're not doing those things often enough or consistently enough and Trevor wants to help us fix that. Definitely help me with that. Some of the helpful things you'll learn from Trevor in this episode include an actual definition of what is PR, what is marketing, and what is communication. You'll learn about Trevor's easy-to-use marketing communications pyramid, and you'll also learn what is the very first thing you need to do today before either creating or continuing with whatever marketing you're already doing. 
on here's a hot tip. That thing is to do with deciding on who is the right person for you to be communicating with and where you'll meet them with your messages. If you want to know more about Trevor Young, head over to his website, trevoryoung.me, that's M-E, trevoryoung.me, or connect with him on LinkedIn would be a great place to do that. Trevor Young, welcome to the Think Big Act Small podcast. How are you? Tristan, I'm very well. Thank you for having me. Excellent, Trevor. Looking forward to the conversation today. Now, I could go all, I don't know, all business for us, I suppose, and go straight to your LinkedIn profile and I could introduce you as, um, as an experienced content and digital communication strategist and mentor, and that would be 100% accurate. And I could introduce you as a professional that I've been working with for quite a few years and professional friend because we've uh, known each other for a long time. But I might ask you, Trev, who, who is Trevor Young? Who is Trevor Young? A bit chameleon-like. Look, I've, I've been known for a long time as the PR warrior. <laughs> so that kind of says it all. I've been, I've been in the, I'm an ex-journalist. Uh, I don't think you're ever an ex-journalist, but I, used, I trained as a journalist, got into PR for a, as a young fella, worked in all the big agencies, ran my own, sold them, started again, sold them, <laughs> done that side of things. But things really changed for me when I started blogging in 2007 under the PR Warrior banner on the front line of the communications revolution, which is kind of, I think, where I've been since 2007. So blogging, social media, podcasting, all the, all the ways of being able to communicate with your audience. So I've gone from owning agencies to becoming a freelance strategist to today where I do strategy work and I coach and mentor and help business owners and solopreneurs to to become their own PR machine and to be able to do it for themselves. Got to thank you, Trev. That, that is uh, that is a nice setup. But um, Trev, that's the professional side of things. What do we not know about Trevor Young? What's what's something from the uh, the past of the the PR or marketing uh, history that we may not know about you just uh, at this stage? From the archives. Well, oh, when when I was a newspaper journalist, I obviously had a bent into promotions and the promotional side of. I guess PR and uh, marketing and promotions and uh, very, very, very heavy in music. And I was a band promoter there for a while. <laughs> I, I lived in, in a country town called Hamilton and I was doing concerts there at the, the local, the big hotel there. But even prior to that, when I was 20 years old, I, I promoted a concert in Horsham <laughs> in regional Victoria. Cold Chisel, who at the time had just broken through and were the biggest band in the land. So I put it all on the line to, to promote Cold Chisel and in a concert and suffice to say, sold it out. If I look at the ticket prices going back then to what they are now, it was crazily cheap. And uh, maybe that's why I sold it out. And uh, I did my dough on the next concert, <laughs> which was a band called The Tourists, who were number one hit at the time. And I couldn't sell them in, in country Victoria. And they, they went on to become the Eurythmics. So that was a concert that I did promote, but I pulled the pin at the last minute. So band promotions and learning that side of things on the job was my introduction, I guess, to marketing. Yeah, got it, Trev. And so your interest was in music, then the professional bringing events together and promotion sounds like a, an interesting start to your early career, Trev. Yeah, I guess if you look at media and then and promotions together, and and a lot of my earlier PR career was was in the promotional side of and um, the brand consumer brand side of uh, public relations. And when I did set up an agency, we did a lot of events and sponsorships and experiential stunts, media stunts, etc. So I got that out of my system, and <laughs> I don't do any of that now. Yeah, got it, got it, excellent. Well, Trev, I'm wrapped to have you here on the Think Big Act Small podcast, and the reason I, I brought you in is because. 
I've been working with you, we've been working together for quite a few years, and I understand the the skill and the experience that, that you've got, and you've helped me with marketing and comms and PR. Initially for the Cultures Everything book promotion was where the work began, and then continue to expand on that work with, with the podcast and, uh, and other things that I've done under the Cultures Everything brand. But then we've also joined forces at the PhysioCo as well. And uh, you have been an important part of the marketing, communications, and PR at the PhysioCo. Like many service-based business owners, I am the owner of the PhysioCo and I am the head of marketing. Many service-based business owners are the head of marketing and having a, uh, an expert on the team who might be outside the payroll, but an important part is, is, is something that I really recommend. And that's where you and I have worked together for, for, for quite a while. And so with that in mind, that's the background. If I do refer to LinkedIn one more time, where it's a great place for people to connect with you, by the way, with Trevor, if you're keen to connect with Trevor, LinkedIn is a great place to do it. But as it says here, I help credible subject matter leaders and business owners elevate their profile, build their authority, and grow their level of influence. And that's the concept that I want to dig into today, Trev, and help the audience who are service-based business owners. And so with that in mind, what on earth is marketing? What is communications and what is PR, Trev? Because they are words that we all know, but we don't necessarily know what they mean. Tristan, I work in an industry where there's so many buzzwords and, and it's very easy to get confused. And part of my job, I think, in educating people is to try and strip it back and make it as easy as possible. But it's, it's an ongoing, <laughs> uh, always ongoing refinement of, of those definitions. But the best way I like to, I look at PR probably more from a purist point of view and what it really is. Let's dispel, let's start with PR and then we'll put it into the mix of the marketing communications mix. But if you look at public relations, it, a lot of people think PR is getting your name in the press. And yes, that's a, a, a small part of what public relations people do, but I know PR prof- professionals in consultancies who would, who wouldn't even speak to a journalist today. So the Hollywood version of what public relations is, is, you know, just getting your name in press and attending parties and, you know, it's all celebrities and all of that. And that's just, it's, it's so not that. So if I, my definition of public relations is PR is all about deepening the level of connection with the people who matter the most to the success of your business. And the moment you start like that in a strategic sense, you then find, oh, well, who are the people that are important to the success of my business? And yes, it is your clients and prospective clients and customers for sure. And they, for a lot of people, that's their main, obviously their main audience. But for others, depending on your business and where you are in, you know, in the marketplace and what you're trying to achieve, it might be, you know, your employees are important to your business. So what are you doing in a PR sense for your employees? What are you doing in a communication sense in terms of prospective employees if, if you're in the war for talent and, uh, you know, a lot of businesses are in the war for talent? So how can you improve your business as being uh, attracting the right candidates for, in a recruitment sense? It might be, you know, obviously if you're in the finance industry it might and, you know, you're a publicly listed company, of course, it's analysts in the finance community and, you know, some people it might be local government. It might be the most important person to your business might be, you know, the, the head of the professional association that you belong to. And, you know, so it's really opening the door of who is it that's important to your business and then how can you deepen the level of connection and build relationships with those people, hence public relations. And, and you know, the media will fall into that as well. So who's important in the media for you that are trying to reach your audience? Who influences 
your audiences, the audiences you want to reach, who is influence influential for them, then how are you going to reach them? So that's from a really holistic perspective. That's without going any tactics. So we can start there. That's that's the starting point. So bust the myth. If we, I use a thing called a marketing communications pyramid, and I my f- philosophical belief is that public relations and the aspects we'll talk about today build the base, sit at the base of this pyramid, and they do the heavy lifting for your more commercial marketing and promotions. So imagine a pyramid, and at the bottom you've got what we call a little a little buzzwordy, and I'll break them down: owned media and social media down the bottom. Owned media, those. This is about content and creating content and becoming your own your own media ch- channel or your own media company. So yes, as a business owner, you're also the head of marketing, but you are now a media proprietor. <laughs> and we'll unpack this because you're doing a lot of that as well. So if we look at owned media, so that is your blog, your website, your email list, podcast, or those channels that you own and control. Because social media, you don't you know, you control the content you put on them, of course. But, you know, as we know, Facebook will change the algorithm and Instagram will change the ball game and even LinkedIn's all different. So owned media is is the safest bet and that's your own land in the digital world. The rented land is social channels and we've got to be on those wherever your audience is. We need to obviously be where they are at. And so using social media and those two are, are you know, they, they lock together beautifully, owned and social media. The next layer up is what we call earned media. And this is about getting, getting in the, getting in the media, getting in your local newspaper, but it's also getting on other people's podcasts, maybe doing a guest blog on someone else's blog. The, you know, the definition of the media today is just completely changed. It's the, the whole environment is splintered and, and we're certainly in a, in a great position as business owners now to become our own media channel and to be able to, you know, bring other people in. What we're doing now, what I'm doing on your show is earned media. So being on other people's podcasts is fantastic. But even getting people to share your stuff on social media to me is earned media. And the other part about earned media is speaking. So the stage is the stage is the uh, the media platform and you've earned the right to be there. So you move up the chain from that, getting into the pointy end, and then we get into sponsorships and partnerships the next layer up is is more advertising, um, spending money on digital ads or, you know, in the local press or where, wherever you want to spend money. A lot of businesses don't spend too much on advertising. They might do a little bit in sponsorship potentially. And then right at the top end is really the face-to-face, the whether it's a cold pitch, a phone call, a, a direct email to someone, a presentation in a boardroom, you know, I'm, depending on what your listeners are doing. <laughs> And what their business is, that might be relevant for some and not relevant for others. So you can see there's a holistic and, and to my mind, if you're going to spend money on ads and ring people and directly pitch and all of that sort of stuff, if you've done the base work, the heavy lifting of owned media and content and social media and, and you're starting to build into the earned media side, what businesses need to do is they need to be, we've heard no like and trust ad nauseum. People got to know you, got to like you, got to trust you. I add respect in that. They've got to respect you to do business with you. But then it gets down to a couple of other things. You've got to be front of mind with your target or people in your target audience, with your clients, your prospective customers. Front of mind is really hard because it's so noisy out there. So you've got to be top of mind. 
and being talked about in a positive way in the marketplace, uh, word of mouth, social proof, you've got to pull all those things together. So what I do and, and, the, and the PR function with owned media, earned media and social media and moving up the chain a little bit as well into other marketing functions, it makes the paid side of marketing, your promotional side, work a lot harder because the work's being done. So people are, oh, at least I've heard of you or, oh, you know, I'll go check you out what, you know, will what I find do the professional you, your brand justice. So that's just, that's just the way that I, tr- I structure it. And a lot of businesses, I can tell you now, a lot of businesses are already doing PR. <laughs> I don't like the phrase do PR, but they're already, you know, practicing the core elements of public relations, already doing it, just didn't realize it and certainly are probably not doing it strategically. And we can unpack that if you like. Yeah, look, uh, there's there's plenty I want to get into there, there Trev, and um, and there's I think you've got a, your philosophy, and the philosophy is that most of us service based business owners are, are doing plenty of the right things, but we're doing it a bit inconsistently, and we're doing it a bit haphazardly as opposed to with, with with real focus. And I think that's an opportunity for all of us to take away from this conversation with Trev, and and Trev, I've got your become your own PR machine pyramid in front of me, and people can find that at trevoryoung.me is the um is the Website, is that the right place to find it, uh, Drew? Yeah, and I think it's forward slash PR machine. PR machine, got it. Thank you. We'll put the links uh, for everyone to, to spot. Instagram, follow the PR Warrior on Instagram would also be a, a place to find that sort of, uh, sort of stuff as well. But Trevor, one thing I wrote down here, which was at the very start of your uh, explanation about PR, was it's about deepening connection with people that matter. And uh, then you also mentioned who, who matters, who is the most important person. And I feel like that's a critical starting point for all of our service-based business owners to understand who is the, the person that matters the most. Because if all the stuff we're doing is pointing messages to different people, then we may not necessarily be aligned and strategic in the way we're doing things. And so is figuring out who is the most important person to communicate to, is that a really important starting point for us, Trev? 100, 100%, 110%, if that's possible, Tristan. <laughs> and because I'm very content-focused, content is the fuel for all your comms and gives people a reason to take notice of you when maybe they didn't have a reason before. So we've got all of these channels. We've got all of these things that we do. But even if you choose to be out there speaking in public, you want to make sure that you know, you're know you speaking to an audience which is going to be relevant to you. Now, some, it, it depends on businesses. If you're in you know allied health, you know you could quite have quite a general audience. But what you might want to do is who are your ideal clients where you do the best work? And start zeroing in on specific, we call them audience avatars and create, you know, two to three audience avatars. And what do you know about them? What are their pain points, challenges? Starting with the things, the frequently asked questions, what they don't know about your industry, you know, and that's, that's great to create some utility type content that delivers value and, and is usually helpful and, you know, addresses a need, an informational need people have. And that's, that's a really great place to start because all of a sudden you're becoming strategic about it. You know, uh, this is the first thing I do with any client. And it just, as I said, some people have got really tight audience groups who they, they really, once they get down, go down this path, they say, Oh no, these are the only types of people I really want to work with. Others are probably a bit more open and general and we just need to tighten them up a little bit. So it really is a case by case. Example, but as you can see, you can't be all things to all people because then you're nothing to anybody. <laughs> and so it's, and it's not necessarily about niching down per se. 
I know in internet marketing circles, the, the whole niching aspect is is very big and go hyper niche. I'm not talking about that. We're talking about communications and not necessarily just a, a picture or an offer, a, a marketing offer. And so that's where we differ. How you market yourself with a, a specific service offering might be a little bit different. So a few things have got to align in that respect. So knowing your audience, and I'd say, you know, two to three audience avatars is is right. And then you prioritize. You prioritize them because one might, you might spend a lot more time on one. But Tristan, it's really, you know, you might say, oh, well, I'm looking forward to the next year and we're going to change our business and we're going to go after more of this audience. Now, this a different audience. So this, this is where, again, it, it, whatever you do in a in a marketing communication sense, needs to align with your business goals. So if the business goal is we're going into this new space or we're going to offer a new service or we're going to aim for a new type of client or customer, then, you know, you do your homework on that first. That's the business case. And then the the PR and comms has to support that. And so that's, that's that's when you're starting to think strategically, but some decisions have to be made. You can't be just general. It's it's just too hard today. You you get lost in the noise. Mm, I understand, Trev. I understand. And, and Trev, well, part of the work that I do with many service-based business owners is to help them to discover the foundations of their culture. And that includes a, a core purpose. And a core purpose is the cause, the purpose, the the reason we exist. And often it actually does define the the ideal customer or part of the avatar. It becomes we, we help a certain group of people to achieve this is often how a core purpose fits. And that is a great starting point. But a quick little story or example from the work that I've done with Trevor has helped us to identify that the who is the right person to be communicating to, where are they, and what is the right message to, to get to them? Because that's part of the expertise that Trevor's got. And the PhysioCo embraced social media and Facebook in the early days, way back in 2007 or thereabouts, when it, 2007, 2008, 2009. And then over time, we built a following on there. It was, it was mostly a, a employee-focused following where we were attracting new talent or new, new people to come and join the PhysioCo. But then we all know that Facebook became a place for an older audience. And then uh, Instagram, Instagram became a place for a younger audience o- over time. And and part of the work that you helped us do, Trev, was to understand that we do exist to serve older people at the PhysioCo, attracting physiotherapists to help to serve those people is an important part of it. But which message is going to which audience via which channel was a really important and that continues to, to, it continues to evolve. And, and that's changed again in recent times as, as we continue to, to move ahead. And so, Trev, that's a bit of the, an example of the intricacies of understanding who you serve and, and how you can get the right people. Is, is, that, is that about right? Yeah, that's that's a fair call. And and again, who are the people, uh, the most important people for your business, the success of your business? Well, physios <laughs> for you is part of it, and and you know your clients and customers and and uh, the people who influence them as well. But that's why you know you have messaging for the physio, the world of physios and emerging physios, and you do a lot of work in that space, and that's just part of looking at things strategically. Got it. Now, Trev, let's um, let's sh- sh- shift positions or shift professions. I should suppose. Let me say that again. Let's shift professions and let's let's say we've got a ten to fifteen person legal firm in the in the suburbs of Sydney, if as or, or for the Melbourne crew, it could be Melbourne. If you're in Adelaide, it could be in Adelaide. It doesn't matter where it is, Trev. 
But let's say we're there. What are the foundations of PR and marketing that you would advise as a starting point as we head into 2024? What should our service-based business owners, and let's use that example of a legal firm in Sydney, what should we be doing as we move towards 2024? Well, again, we, we would look at what are, they, what are their goals as a business first? Because we need to, you know, is it to grow? Is it to go into a new business model? Is it to strengthen where they are? Is it to be, you know, seen as a thought leader in the space versus uh, just a, a supplier of, of legal services? You know, so we've got to look at what, what are you wanting to achieve as a business? So that goes without saying, but put that to one side. I know new leads and sales is <laughs> leads leads all the time is the is is usually the default, but it's about getting the right leads and 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 I work with some clients and they're already on top of it. They're saying we don't necessarily just want a mountain of leads because any anyone can get you a mountain of leads, but they can be junk leads. What you want is is to start conversations with the right people, and so the key is. And I've done this with a number of firms, including law firms, is where to go back and look at where they make their money because they might make their money from, they might have 10 different services, but only two to three of those services make up 80% of the bulk of their income. So in with the view in mind that we can't be all things to all people and do everything, do we focus on those where, we, where, where we're already dominating or do you, you know, go into another area? And so the, I, I look at content-led communication. So once we know our audience, we know our goals, all of that side of things, we want to be creating content that reaches that audience and is going to appeal to them because this builds, gets people to know you, gets people to like you, gets people to trust you, gives people a, a reason to take notice of you. And it's also validation because as we know in a lot of, a lot of service-based firms, a lot of service-based firms, word of mouth is the key driver of the business. So what are people going to do when they hear about you? They might put it out on social, oh, I'm looking for a new lawyer or a new accountant or a, you know, a new podiatrist or whatever. They'll get recommendations back. They'll ask around and they'll Google. We know that. So being found is one thing, but it, on, on Google is one thing. But then when people say, oh, you've got to go and see you know, Jimmy and co or whoever it is, what are they going to do? They're going to check you out. They're going to check you out. So you need to be found if they start Googling your name and then they go to your website and what do they find? Do they find the same old stock photo images of these fake people who, who seem to work at every firm around the world, <laughs> the same people, or they see real faces, real you know people? Can they check out your videos? Are you blogging and, and providing information that's useful and helpful and demonstrates that you know what you're talking about, you have the chops? So you you compare two very similar types of businesses, same size, doing servicing the same, you know, the same customer base in the same area, and one you go to check them out. So both have been referred. One is full of stock photos, and you can't really—they're almost impenetrable. You can't learn anything from their website because it's all jargon. And the other one has got personality. They're out there doing things. They've got a podcast. They're blogging. They're on video. You can check them out. You get to see the leader and the owner of the business, understand their story, their philosophy, their core values and purpose and why they do what they do. The content and everything you put out should reflect all of that. It's almost a no-brainer which you're going to go to because it's it's a trust. There is, I just, I won't mention the name, but I, I came across them and they're a they're an accounting firm in a suburban accounting firm in Melbourne, 
And, you know, we all know that, you know, accountants are notorious for, well, unfortunately for them, they, the, the opinion is that they're very stiff and buttoned up and everything. These guys just wear jeans and T-shirts and they know who their audience is and they are just full on and they love craft beer and I think the owner loves whiskey, all of that sort of stuff. And all that comes out and, and there's so much passion and personality just bursting out of their website. And then you go and even deeper and, and check out their videos and their interviews and they're really connected into their audience. And it's just, it's so refreshing. And any business can do that. Even if you are a very buttoned up business, be buttoned up, but still show a bit of your, you can still be buttoned up, but show personality. We want to see faces. We want to do business with people. We don't do business with your firm. We do business with the people. So I I just wanted to take that slight detour, Tristan, but as you said, it's who's your audience and how can we connect with them, deliver value to them? How can we you know, create videos that answer their questions. It's a really good starting point. And then that's just a starting point. We just need to get into the game on that. And the more you know about your audiences and where they hang out. So again, it might be, you might be very geographically based. So you only operate in a certain part of the city. Well, then, you know, being part of that community and going, you know, doing talks at Rotaries clubs and things like that can, you know, community meetups can be a big deal. So your tactics are going to reflect what it is you're trying to do. Most people go tactical first. I need to be on Facebook (laughs) and they start there and, and the tactic is leading the program, not the strategy. And so they're, they're key things for people to, to look out. But where I work with, you know, real credible individuals, uh, passionate owners of businesses, who have got so much to share, so much knowledge, so many great ideas and stories and insights and perspectives that they can share with the world, and that makes them unique. That almost gets rid of the competition because if you're creating content that people gravitate to, it stops their thumb, it gets them interested, and at the end of the day, it shows, it demonstrates. How many, how many firms out there say, we are the best. We are the leading. Da da da. We don't believe it anymore. We just don't. But if you show it and don't tell it, that is power unto itself. Trev, the message is clear from from, from my perspective and hopefully for our audience, and that is uh, get to know who you who is the most important audience member to communicate with. Know where they are, where where's the right place to to connect with them, and then connect with them in an authentic way that lets them get to know who you are, who you serve, how you can help, and what's important to you without every teeny tiny little detail of your life of cr- crappy day here or all that sort of stuff. We're not, we're not saying about to, to show up and throw up, but we're, we are saying to, we are saying that uh, allow some insight into the person behind the brand. Is that right? Yeah. And, and the people, I mean, if you're a smaller business and you are the brand, you, your, your, your personal brand is the business, that makes life a little bit easier. Where a lot of business owners struggle is that they, they don't want to bring in any of their their experts internally. And let's face it, if you're a service based business, you're offering a service. There's an expertise locked into that. Uh, if we go back to our our law firm scenario, I mean, you want to be seen as the go to informational resource for whatever the topics are, and 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 give people a, a great idea of that you uh, that you know and on top of the game. So if you said, look. We're big in property law, for example. So property law is we've got a practice 
and, and, and in law firms, they have multiple practices often, and each practice is its own little business. You know, we want to be known as a property law, you know, as a real guns in property law, because that's where we get a lot of our, our revenue from. So you've got to be, you know, if you're dealing with developers and, and, and that sort of things, you've got to be deep into the property game. You know, you've got to be sharing content, other people's content around property, but don't just share it willy nilly, be a curator of information and have a philosophy around what it is you're talking about and provide extra insights and and from our experience this is what we're seeing and trends and you know they're things that will never get stale because the world's moving quickly and people want cognitive shortcuts you know they they don't want to have to think too hard about things so if you can help them gravitate to you quickly and and they know that they can rely on you for that information, then that's a really good position to be in. Absolutely. Now, Trev, I want to uh, just quickly touch on the topic of social media and social media channels, and because there's a lot of them. There is Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok. We can, we can go on. And we've talked about knowing who your audience is and knowing where to access them. But I think we also need to talk about the actual service-based professional who is going to be making some content for, for this, this channel. Because if you decide that YouTube is the place that is the best place to, uh, to access and educate your audience, but you effing hate making videos and seeing yourself on film, then we've got a big problem. We've we got a big problem there, Trev, don't we? So, so how do we bridge the gap between where's, where's the audience is, is, is found and how we connect with them uh, based on our own preferences? Yeah, look, I've long been a believer that if you're a writer and you love writing, then you write articles. If you love, you know, riffing and talking and that podcasting is great. If you're happy to be on camera, I've got I've got one client who they're fantastic on camera, love it, but they hate writing. They don't want to write. And so we put them on camera and, you know, they just gradually improve, improve, improve. And they just, you know, every time you do it, you get better. I still am a believer of do where your strengths are, but I'm also cognizant and obviously where your audience is. But what we take the social media out, I'd put YouTube, think of the mediums first. So your owned media channels. Now I kind of put YouTube, it's kind of a hybrid. It is a social media channel, but it's there really as a, it's, it's almost a, an owned media channel. Of course you don't own YouTube, but you can take the video player and put it onto your own blog and website. So you, to a large degree, we're looking at video. What are, what are the main mediums? Video, the written written word. So that's blog articles, but it could be reports, guides. It could be an email newsletter, which is you know the hottest trend at the moment. And then there's podcasts. But we're doing a podcast now, which is will be turned into it's video as well, and it will also be um, you know probably turned into an article. So we now have I'm a philosophically, I'm a believer of doing long-form content, getting in deep and meaty on topics, and then turning that, doing it multi-channel wherever possible to get the most value because our audience is everywhere. Some people would, while you would prefer, some people would prefer to write, to be on camera, on on audio, on podcasts. Some people prefer to listen podcasts. Some people don't want to do that. They'd rather watch videos, and other people would rather read. So I think you'll find your audience is across all of those. So you've got to balance where your audience is and can you be across all these other channels with the minimum amount of effort. So as I said, we're doing one long form show here and that will be cut up and sliced and diced and then put across social media as well. 
So I just wanted to put that one because I think that the long-form content is really what's going to work for you. But if you don't want to go down any long-form content, you just want to do short-form social media and interact with people like an Instagram or a LinkedIn or, you know, professional services, that side of things, then you're at the slave. You are the slave to the algorithm to a degree. So so that's an issue. But you've got to work out where your audience is. If you're going to focus, I always say pick, have one main social channel and then experiment with the second one until you get a machine behind you. If you get a, you know, some support internally or a, you know, have a digital virtual assistant who can help you, then you can build up. But to start and to focus, try and dominate in one channel. So that might be LinkedIn and get to know LinkedIn really well. Each channel has its own nuances and content doesn't necessarily go from one channel to the next to the next. All the formats are different. Your audiences are different. The amount of copy you can, text you can use is different. TikTok is very different to Instagram. And what we see is, you know, people just trying to splinter stuff everywhere and that's getting harder and harder to do. So I'd pick one channel. So obviously if you're in the B2B space, then it's probably going to be LinkedIn. LinkedIn, as we know, is becoming a lot more social. So there is the putting the content on it, but that's only half of the battle, if not only 40%. 60% is about being part of that community, fronting up, commenting on other people's posts, sharing their work, making it about everyone else, engagement, engaging with others, and, and taking it offline. I, I spent an hour yesterday with someone from America that had been We've been connected on LinkedIn and, you know, she's doing amazing work globally and we spent an hour just chatting and, and that was, that came from a referral, which I, is still the best form of connection. But, you know, if you've talked to people enough on LinkedIn, some of my best friends now are from the early days of Twitter. You get to know them really well and then you say, Hey, let's just jump in a, a Zoom call and you, it'll be like going to, meeting number seven, <laughs> you know, you'll know each other really, really well. So that's when you can be really strategic. You can work out, particularly on LinkedIn, who the right people are to connect with. If you're into a consumer business and your audience is probably on Facebook or Instagram, then absolutely you need to be on one of those. And But they're pay to play. Instagram less so, but Facebook, if you're on Facebook, it's pay to play. So be prepared to pay to get out there. Otherwise, you know, you're just going to grind yourself down and very few, very, very few really explode on Facebook today from a standing start. So it's better to put a little bit of money, not a lot, but over a period of time to pay to play in that regard. And I've got clients who their audience actually is on TikTok and they need to do TikTok (laughs) because TikTok is going off the charts and it is skewed younger, but you'd be surprised how it's getting older. But it's a discovery channel and you can get some amazing results. I've got one client who's really focusing on it, really focusing. And they are, it is the right channel for them for the right times for exactly what they're doing now. And they are off the charts. I mean, they got it to half a million views within six weeks of their videos. Like it's, it's, you just don't see that. That's not going to happen on Instagram. So, but if your audience is on TikTok or you're, you're recruiting younger people and they might be on TikTok, TikTok might be your, recruitment employer brand side of things. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Trev, this is the Think Big Act Small podcast. We're all we're getting towards the end of this interview. But I, I really the TikTok example there is is a really powerful one. But I also want to just pick up on something that's an act small little learning from me from here. And they said we talked about who is who is the right person to communicate with, where are they? 
what content suits you to uh, to create because we've got to make that mix. And lastly, choose a channel and get really good at it before you try to be everywhere and do everything because the TikTok thing for that legal or law firm in the suburbs of Sydney, unless they're targeting particularly young clients, TikTok's probably not going to be the place for, for, for them. Trevor, is that about right? No. No. And so LinkedIn is probably a better place. No, you're right. It's, yeah, don't just jump on a channel. Do not just jump on a channel because, you know, don't even go onto Facebook if you're not prepared to pay. <laughs> you know, like it's, you might use Facebook unless you say, look, I want to use Facebook as a repository of my, all my content. I can pretty much put everything there. And some people check out Facebook as they would a, a website. And if they like what they see, it's probably not a bad thing from a validation point of view. That's different from saying, I want to build a big community on it as well. And I know companies that are taking people off the public Facebook and putting it into a private group to tighten things up. And we haven't even gone in that direction. But if you want to look at pure PR, it's building an online community for, for your audience. Like that's the next, that's a next stage up, but deepening the level of connection with the people who matter the most to the success of your business. If you can attract those people and give them value over and above, you know, you've got them there. That's, that's a really powerful. If people subscribe, you want people to be subscribing to your content and your email newsletter. Incredibly powerful, incredibly powerful because, and it's a really privileged position to be for someone to give you an email to be there. Now you might do a, you know, provide some premium content like a, a free ebook and they get that and then they, you know, they're on your email list, but then you've got to deliver value. And so that's where you're really, you know, you looked at the, the difference between sort of market, the other way, just to keep things simple. And I know there's more to marketing than promotions. You know, there's the positioning, the brand, there's the colors, there's the model, the offering, you know, there's so many different things under the marketing. But let's just look at the the marketing promotional side of things and the call to action and the conversion and the sales and the leads and all of that sort of stuff. You know, if you look at an email, for example, I look at it as under PR is email communications. And that's just, we've got no real, we just want to deliver value. We want to connect with you. We want to share our ideas. We want to hear back from you. And that's, uh, say, an email newsletter. You know, you've got some articles, some videos, maybe your, your podcast, and there might be a soft call to action. And then every now and then you might say, I'm, I've got to, going to do a campaign and for the next six weeks I'm going to put out one email a week that's got an offer and there's a harder call to action. That to me is the marketing side. The marketing side cold is not is is a really really hard ask. You might have to get the world's best copywriter on that to do make that happen. The comms builds that trust. They open the emails. There's that level of connection, and therefore, when you have got a call to action, they've already bought into you. There's an affinity there. Hopefully, they they like your content and who you are and what you do and what you stand for. And those things, you come back to those values. Your content. Sh- when we say people being aware of your brand and you've got visibility, it's not just recognition of your brand. It's recognized who you are, what you do, what you stand for, and they know you in a more three-dimensional way versus I've heard of those guys over there. Yeah, got it, got it. Trev, you mentioned uh, uh, private communities before off social media. And we don't have time to dive into that this time, but I reckon we might have a part two of this interview because I think that's a really powerful topic that might be of, of service-based business owners should really be considering how do they find, connect with people on social 
and then f- provide a safe, valuable place for people offline or in a different, a different space. And so we'll leave that for another time. But Trev, podcasting. I want to mention podcasting because I know you love it. That's the first, the first thing. Uh, secondly, you really have been a strong believer in the power of podcasting for the service-based business that, that I run, being the PhysioCo. And we've now got two podcasts at the PhysioCo, about to be three podcasts at the PhysioCo. And so firstly, Trev, why do you love podcasting? Where do you see the opportunity for service-based business owners? And let's get a, a mention of your podcast in there too, Trevor. You've got more than one. So let's, uh, let's uh, hear about yours as well. So why do you love podcasting? Why is it important for service-based business owners? And tell us about yours, please. Look, I love podcasting. It's the people, the research shows that people who listen to podcasts listen to a lot of podcasts and they actually listen all the way through. So, you know, to have, to be in someone's ears and they might be walking or, you know, doing the gardening or whatever it is, it, but they're listening. That's a, a I used the word privilege before. That is a fan. You cannot get a better, in today's noisy world, if people are watching a video of you on YouTube, that's fine, but they could be, you know, looking at their phone and doing other things. When they're walking and they're listening, they're engaged, that is a really powerful position to be in. And what it is is that they get used to your voice and they like, you know, if they're subscribed to you and that you're literally on their phone and they're opening it up when you on, you know, on a regular frequency uh, publishing, then there is no better way in a marketing sense to build that affinity and rapport with people. And they get to, they get to know you. They get to, you know, like you and, 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 and get to understand what you know, what you know about your topic. So that's trust and trust is our currency. So uh, it's still growing. Not everyone listens to podcasts, but as a general rule, it is starting to grow. And, and I guess the thing is, I like it because it, f- to be effective, it needs to be, yes, you can do short run seasons and, you know, limited series. You can be creative with it. But as an ongoing thing, I mean, my podcast reputation revolution at this point is at 280 episodes. I've just started a new one called Become Your Own PR Machine. And that's nine episodes. So I'm starting from scratch again. It, it just gives you, you can do interviews. You can interview, do panels from internally of your own people. You can go broader and start interviewing other experts on a bigger topic. You can be, you know, demonstrate more thought leadership, or you can riff solo into the mic. So it gives you a number of different modalities that you can go down. The technology, once you understand how to do it, you need to go through a podcast host, and then it distributes to all the channels. So you are, you literally are becoming a global radio, running your own global radio show. I mean, if you put it into that perspective, it changes the ball game. I mean, it's amazing. And so it allows you to do that. And as you can see now, we're, do, we're doing video and you can take, the, take the, the audio, put it on a podcast, take the video, put it on YouTube, but here's the kicker. Then you can cut, cut the, the video up into you know 30-second, one-minute, 90-second bursts and put it on social media. So if you think of them as digital breadcrumbs as a way to promote and, you know, that is, a, again, a powerful thing. And, you know, maybe you want to write a book at some point. You could do, you could do your, your podcast. You can do this with a blog as well. But you could create, be strategic about your podcast. This is the topic, I, the large topic that I can see a book being written on. You can do a podcast that's linear and sequential, and you can turn that podcast into a book. Because you've done the work, you get it transcribed. Now we've got AI. We haven't even got into AI, Tristan. <laughs> and AI is getting better and better, and it's really helping the production of a lot of these things. So everything that we've talked about is getting easier and better 
but the, there it is a noisy world out there. So to cut through, that's why you've got to know your audience and you've got to have a twist and be something different for them to gravitate to you and your 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 business. But I, I yeah, I, I think podcasting. I think I think businesses who enter into down the content path should have a destination show. That's just me personally. But if you don't want to go down that path, then it's social media all the way. But having a destination show that you hook everything, and that's like a backdoor into your your brand orbit. Mm, got it. Trev, thank you. And uh, you mentioned both your podcasts there. I'd encourage people to uh, to check them out. There's uh, plenty of great content there. Trev, you are a content content expert, a digital strategist. You've shared plenty with us today. I do want to ask if you've got any other stuff, any, anything you want to, you on your mind, you want to mention before we wrap up. That's one question I've got for you. But before that, how do we connect with you? What If there's someone thinks, you know what, learning more from Trevor Young sounds like what I need right now, where do we find you? Yeah, uh, trevoryoung.me is my website. Becomeyourownprmachine.com is the newsletter and and the newsletter is the bookend to the podcast. So becomeyourownprmachine.com. And the other thing is if you're interested in the content side and PR, everything I've talked about, I've got a book called Content Marketing for PR and it sort of covers all of this space. So that's available on Amazon. Books, that's content. You know, your listeners can create a book. Don't worry about that. And have it available globally through all the various channels. Yeah, got it, got it. Trev, thank you. Anything on your mind, any last tips or piece of advice to to bring this together about really what is marketing, what is comms, what is PR? We've explained that, but any last uh, bit of uh, advice for our uh, service-based business owner listeners? Yeah, I think being open and curious and and wanting to do it, wanting to share, wanting to get your content out there, be willing to experiment. It's not going to – this is a long-term game as business is. This is the, I'm not talking hacks and quick hits. This is not what this is about. This is about building a base strategically – a base of communications and for your brand strategically, sustainably, purposefully over a period of time. You can do your marketing on top of that, but this is, I'm not talking quick hit territory here. And it's something you've got to want to do. And if you're passionate about your topic, it will come through. And at the end of the day is the key way to differentiate your brand is you and your people that no one can replicate. That's your uniqueness. So therefore get yourself out there and you, you said it before that if you know people might not want to be on camera, I've never wanted to be a speaker. I always put, pulled the strings. And then because I did all this, I became a professional speaker and I just pushed and pushed. I never wanted to be on camera. But, you know, it gets easier and it gets better and it doesn't mean, you know, you, you can start doing it and junking it, but just do stuff. You know, write it, draft it, don't put it up on your blog and don't even hit publish, you know, but at least do something and and it is classic that you've just got to put in the work on that side of things and you've got to take take an experiment and see what works for you mm, got it trev so much in that last piece of advice i think you're encouraging people to think big and act small in their uh, in their content creation as they as they step ahead so trevor young thanks so much for being a guest it's been great to have a chat 